Welcome to episode 195 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. Happy to be here. Still on a cloud nine after being voted the world's best pinball podcast by the Twippy Awards. And again, I want to say thank you to everybody out there who emailed me, who sent me a text message, who sent me a Facebook message saying, congratulations, well-deserved. I really, really was super happy to hear from so many of you out there who I know voted for me. And I want to say for the record, I want to say for the record, the Twippies was one of the most fun evenings I think a lot of us had with pinball and especially with social media and pinball coming together and the community coming together. Now, it's of no surprise that on this evening where everyone was having a good time celebrating pinball, one individual out there was curled up in a corner in his in his home crying profusely the big boy crying we all know his name he's the only one who's been complaining about the twippy results and that is no other than ged failure hilton over there in benton wisconsin so if you go on pinside and you go into the twippy thread it is amazing how Everyone is saying how much fun they had during the Twippies, and he's complaining about the event. He's complaining about how the votes were calculated. He first accused me of creating multiple accounts to vote for myself, which I did not. He then goes on to admit that he created multiple duplicate email accounts to vote multiple times. Uh, and so he, he, and then he goes on to say, I'm a trustworthy person. And what's crazy about Hilton, and this is why we focus on this guy, what's crazy about him is that he, he basically has destroyed so much of what makes Pinside fun. And two years ago, and I told this to Robin, when Robin banned me, I told him straight up, you're going to allow a guy like this to exist on the forum and be a killjoy and just a complete moron to run amok on Pinside, and yet you're going to ban me. Okay, that's fine. And look what's happened since then. And the man has like convinced people to go in on Predator, convinced people that nothing was wrong with, with Alien Pinball. And you know, I've, I've been trying really hard to figure out why this guy why this guy is always so upset and always so damn butthurt. You know, this must have been the ultimate moment where Hilton's butt just exploded on Friday night when he heard the following. Favorite pinball podcast. So the winner so is... the winner for the 2017 Twippies Award for Best Pinball Podcast is... He took my job. He took my job. Yeah, I do a better... Oh, Canada. <laughs> Canada's Pinball Podcast. And also probably the most controversial podcast no, in no Pinball. Shit. No but fucking congratulations, Canada, to that. Sorry I dropped that bomb. Of course you did. I'm a few beers in. Canada spirit, I got to drop an F-bomb with some beers. I would have paid a million dollars to be a fly on the wall in Hilton's home when he had to hear that news. And look, as much as this guy tries to convince you that I'm obsessed with him and he doesn't listen to the show bullshit you know he tunes in to every episode of canada's pinball podcast followed by probably andrew highway followed probably by auric at the end of the day i made a promise and i said if i won the twippy awards 
I would send Hilton a special new hoodie sweatshirt to wear at TPF. And that promise is coming true, ladies and gentlemen. I have already begun construction of this incredible holy grail item that will be celebrated by the pinball world for decades to come. Now, I know I read some of you who said Canada's going to get him a Gucci sweater for 200 bucks. Now, let me break the bad news to Hilton out there, who's probably been saving his pennies. You can't even come within a country mile of a Gucci sweater or sweatshirt for 200 bucks. They cost more like 800 to $1,200. Um, but what I'm doing is this. I am constructing a very, very special, tailored and exclusive, one-of-a-kind hoodie that will be the ultimate, the ultimate sort of... Uh, it's going to capture the spirit of Hilton like no other. And it, I will unveil it to the world uh, on the eve of TPF so that you all can see it. It will physically be at TPF and we will hopefully get Hilton to put it on for, for many reasons. One reason being, I just don't think it's very hygienic that he should wear the same sweatshirt like four days in a row at TPF, which is his normal, his normal MO. Uh, I also think that you know, this sweatshirt will will basically fit his personality and his recent sort of crybaby antics. Remember when I bought Magigirl? I, I love like going back in time a little bit with this guy. When I bought Magigirl and he went on that crusade, oh, because Canada bought one, we have to go and legally prevent American pinball from shipping them. He can't get the game. I got the game. Every time it's it's about me being recognized or me getting something that he can't have. He has to go on his little crusade. You know, and I was wondering the source of his animosity and grief. And so I asked him, I said, Hilton, why are you so butthurt all the time? And he said, Canada, the reason why I'm so butthurt is Andrew Highway was my best friend. I was shilling his pinball machine for months and you had to step in and destroy his efforts to lie to us for another eight months. And he said to me, he said, look, Chris, every night Andrew and I used to have phone conversations and I, I really miss him. I really miss him. And he said, Chris, I want to I play for you what my last phone conversation with Andrew Highway was like. And I, I want you to tell me if you wouldn't be upset that you've lost such a friend that meant so much to you emotionally and here's here's what it sounded like when Hilton last spoke to Andrew Highway oh my heart is breaking I miss you so much I just want one more minute with you please to say I love you and I'm sorry I miss you just to hold you one more time Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. I miss you. I miss you so much. Follows our ethos that we want to be able to man manufacture as much as possible in two weeks. 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 All right, enough of that ass clown. I can't wait for you guys to see the sweatshirt that we make this guy for TPF. It's going to blow you away. All right, 
Um, this podcast, I didn't talk about what it's going to be about. I'm actually interviewing a nice gentleman over in Australia, Michael, who has a P3 multimorphic. And I've been wanting to get a P3 guest on the show for a while. So I'm going to air that in a little bit. Um, before I do that, again, I want to say thank you to everyone involved with the Twippies. I think you made everyone's weekend in pinball better and brighter. Um, I also, I also want to do a shout out to a pinball mod that I received Saturday that I hooked up. And I have to say, there are pinball mods and there are pinball mods. And this one actually won the Twippy for best new pinball mod. And it is no other than Pin Stadium Lighting. Now, here's what I want to say. Most modern pinball games, and even old pinball games, they suffer from the lighting issues when you play the games in a dark room. Um, almost every new game that I've played, when you turn the lights off, there's just so much darkness that takes place in the center of the play field. Um, and pin stadium lighting, for those of you not familiar with it, it is uh, an LED strip that goes along this, the upper part of the cabinet. It goes on a magnetic strip so you can take them off when you have to lift the play field. Um, but these things, I mean, they light up the game like nothing I've ever seen before. I put them on my Batman 66 and I have to say, I was blown away. For those of you who have a Batman 66, this is a must have mod. Like this is the first mod you should do. It is incredible when you turn the pin stadium lights on and off so you can see the difference it makes. It basically makes the artwork and all the colors and the entire game come to life. Literally come to life. Like the colors just pop. And what I love about it too is you connect to the GI with, with, with the side LED strips, but then you also can plug into a flasher. So I've plugged mine into the flasher by the, the pop bumpers. Uh, and whenever the pops go off, like the, the, all the LED strips like flash like this cool purple blue color, it's super freaking cool. Uh, and I have to say, you know, when I went to install these, I opened up the box and I wasn't quite sure exactly how to install it. There's a, there's a video on, on YouTube that walks you through it. Uh, but this is the other thing I love about the product is Scott, the guy who, who makes the pin stadium lights, he, he called me personally to help me walk through the install process. Uh, I might have had a few drinks in me <laughs> before trying to do it, which wasn't the smartest thing. Um, but that's customer service for you. And, and it just goes to show how, uh, how much he stands behind the product that he's willing to like call his own customers to help them walk them through it. I mean, I had him on the phone within a minute of trying to figure it out. So that is super amazing. And I, and there's a reason why there's like a month backlog on getting pin stadium lights because they're just that freaking cool. So I, as you can tell, I can't say enough good things about the product. I don't, I don't even understand like why there's any controversy around this product. The, the product does not wash out the inserts. There is no downside to putting these things in the game. And I actually like the way they look much better than putting spotlights all over the game. And, and there's no way spotlights create the same effect that, that the pin stadium lights do. And this is one of those game changing products. This, this, to me, this is up there with color DMD. It's up there with, um, color DMT, <laughs> you know, there's very few products when you think about it that just change the way the game plays because it adds a new element to the experience. And I think lighting up the game definitely helps 
increase you hitting your shots. It increases the fun factor of the game. It improves the way the artwork looks on the game. I mean, it literally lifts the entire game experience up. So I highly recommend if you don't have pin stadium lights in your games to put them in. Now, the only downside is for you guys who have like 20 machines and 50 machines, it's an expensive thing to add into every game. So you might have to consider it. But I, I honestly, I think it's worth it for those games that deserve it and you really want to play at night and that has great artwork that you want to see. Um, no better mod than pin stadium lights. All right. Well, anything else going on in the news? I saw on This Week in Pinball that they're going to air more of the interview or the five days of Deep Root on Thursday. With you know, It seems that Robert Mueller has decided to confide in Jeff over at This Week in Pinball, the plans for Deep Root Pinball. Uh, that's cool. I, I didn't, you know, he said he'd come on my show, but I totally expected him to bail on that offer and he did bail on that offer and the reason why is simple i don't think robert Mueller wants to come on this show and actually have a two-way conversation around deep root and working with john papaduke I, I think he's only comfortable talking to someone like jeff who will basically have a one-way one-way medium or one may one-way dialogue about the whole thing because jeff is just going to put up the interview uh and it's it's much easier to do a phoner where then you just collect information and, and it becomes a static thing on a website for Robert and the Deep Root team. But if you come on this show, best believe I have some tough questions I want to ask Robert about Deep Root and what they're doing with John Papaduke. And I want to hear his voice and his, and his tonality and his, his, the explanation from the horse's mouth as to why he thinks betting on John Papaduke is, is, is the smart move in terms of creating a new pinball company. And look, I just hope this whole thing, like it sounds like they're making hires. It sounds like there's progress happening. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. Everything that John has touched has fallen apart. I'm really curious to see what pinball engineers are going to swoop in and fix the tons of issues surrounding Magic Girl and Raza and Alice in Wonderland. I, 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 I'm so curious to see what that game ends up being. I'm also extremely happy that I sold my Magic Girl in case they do figure it out. All right. The other news is we talked a little bit about the Lucy Edition ACDC. It's happening. Stern's going to make probably a few hundred of them. Uh, original ACDC Lucy owners are butthurt. There's nothing you can do. The rumors of Tron LE coming out without um, uh, sorry, with an LCD are starting to surface. But then the other part of that rumor is it's not on the radar for for like, what, like two years. So who cares? Are we really caring about Vault Editions that are two years out? Look, Stern's lineup this year, you're probably going to see Iron Maiden next, Deadpool, probably Munsters, probably Beatles. Like that's probably your Stern portfolio for 2018. I do think that Stern sales probably probably have not been stellar lately and that's why we're seeing lucy thrown into the mix it's just like you know whatever we can do to get some short-term sales because i doubt guardian is flying out the door um all right not much other news other than houdini starting to ship i want to get a houdini owner on the show if you have a houdini email me at canadapinball at gmail.com but again everybody thank you again for your votes it's it's i'm still like so excited that you guys voted for me and thank you to everyone who wrote in 
and uh, you know congratulated the show on the, on its victory. So I have a lot more. I have some emails that you guys sent in, but I want to. I'll, I'll read those the next episode because I do want to get to this interview, and I don't want this uh, podcast to go too long. So without further ado, uh, Michael over from Australia is going to talk to us about owning P3 and multimorphic. Take it away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a a very special guest because. I have been wanting to talk to somebody out there in the world who owns a P3 and multimorphic machine, and I have them on the podcast right now. I want to welcome Michael to the show. Michael, welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Hey, Chris. How are you doing, mate? Dude, I'm doing great, mate. And you, so you use the word mate, so you're coming from uh, Australia, right? I am. That's right. Yeah. I'm in uh, Melbourne, Victoria. What time is it right now there? Because it's six. It's like six oh five in New York, PM. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's not too bad. It's ten AM here. I think there's about fifteen hours difference between. So it's Sunday morning for me. All right. So I, I, I'm impressed. So you're up in. The, you're it's Sunday morning. You're almost like a day ahead of me, and you have a machine that I, I haven't heard that much about. So what I want to do on this episode is I want to talk about multimorphic, and I want to hear from you on how you learned about the machine, like how you bought one and what your experience has been getting one. So Michael, talk to me about like, when did you first hear about P3? Um, I heard about it, I think on Pinside initially. Someone sort of posted something, I surf all the time and um, I'd been reading up, I think around the time, I think there was Wizard of Oz was just sort of starting up. They'd been posting a few, um, you know, screenshots of, of playfield art and things like that. And I was thought, oh, that looked pretty interesting. And um, I think Magic Girl was happening all, all sort of around that same time. But I was reading up on Pinside and there was a post and um, it showed a video of this P3 and it was nothing like it was now. Um, you know, it was all about this sort of multi-game platform and it had a sort of small screen in the playfield and it had this really, it had all these like, clear pipes instead of rails and it was really futuristic looking and I thought that looked pretty interesting and then I read up and heard about it being open source and um, I have uh, I have a Revenge from Mars at home, I've got the P2000 and I've always liked the idea of being able to actually change games because I'm very limited in space now right. in, my, in my back room so um, you know I, I, I guess what I needed was a way to keep getting more machines without actually getting more physical machines so so the, um, so the modular sort of the modular system appealed to you that you would be able to have a single cabinet but be able to swap in new games over time yeah that's right yeah like i said just like with the um at, at the time i was thinking just like with the uh the pimple 2000 but um, right. it's quite a lot more advanced than that so what, um, what michael what time was what, what year was this because i was it was it like a couple of years ago? Like, when did you first see it? I, I, I think it was about five years ago. Holy cow! So right? It, it, was, it was right. It was right at its infancy, and um, I, I'd got a bonus from work, and you know, I was sort of really happy, and uh, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll take the plunge. And at the time, there wasn't all these issues with pre-orders 
Um, right. This is before uh, everything started going downhill with all the other manufacturers and all the pre-orders and the Skit B and and obviously the Magic Girl and all that sort of stuff. So so it was it it seemed like a no risk thing to do back then. Um, I spent the next five years watching all the other issues going on with all the other machines and um, luckily. Uh, you know, multimorphic and Jerry and that have been really good at sort of keeping everyone up to date. And I, I uh, haven't been too concerned or nervous. There's been delays, but I've never thought that it was never going to get delivered. So, so okay. Let me let me ask you a question, Michael. Because five years ago, did you go? Did you pay in fall for it? Yeah, I did. Okay. So, <laughs> I did. When... so um, it was a bit different. That was like you pay in full, but. Um, uh, it's more. It was more like for commitment, so that the money was sort of put into, you know, escrow or something like that. It wasn't actually used, and and the view was that um, until you actually came up to your machine being made uh, or, or the production run being ready, um, that you could sort of pull out at any time, and, and that money would be returned. But yeah, so it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a a full payment that was refundable. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so when you when you made that deposit five years ago, when when did they tell you you could expect your game? Uh, um, I think it was about oh, two, I, I think at the time it was, it, they were still saying it was going to be a couple of years. Um, I don't know, two and a bit years, three years, or something. I knew it was going to take a while, right. um, and uh, you know, but. I guess over that period, the good thing is, is we, we kept getting updates of where things were at and um, and we had input to what was actually happening with the build. So uh, Jerry would post information, say, this is what we're doing now. When when uh, Lexi was first being made, he, you know, he'd post some images and, and people would be able to report back on the forums and say what they think. And, and was, they were really good at taking um, uh, people's feedback on board, um, especially the back box because the original machine didn't have a back box at all. And um, because there wasn't really any need for it, uh, but most people sort of like the look of the traditional machine, and uh, myself included. So, um, so it ended up looking a lot more like what it does today, more like a standard pinball. Right. Let me ask you a question. So, you give the deposit. You're told like it might take a few years. Did you ever? So, did you ever play the machine before you gave the deposit? No, I didn't. Like I said, I was, I was. Um, it was a bit of a win. I'd, I'd, I'd got this bonus. I <laughs> saw the idea of being able. You're like, to, let me, let me just invest in Multimorphic yeah, and not in yeah, Amazon or Bitcoin up. or Netflix. No. Let me just put it into a pinball machine for five years. That's right. I mean, I wouldn't do that now. Um, <laughs> definitely not. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely would not do that now, and especially with everything else that's gone on with all the other places. But. Uh, but back then, it was like, oh yeah, you know, I'll buy it. It'll be made. It'll be good. If I don't like it, I'll, you know, I'll sell it. Um, but then, of course, you know, we had Skip B and and Predator, you know, and everything else that went on. And right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that now. Right. So, because it's interesting, because I talk a lot about how, you know, five years ago, the the promise of boutique pinball was very compelling for a lot of people. And we didn't know yet, right? No one had been burned. No one had lost money. No one had sort of waited for years. 
when that when that happened, talk to me, Michael, about like your collection. Like, have you been collecting prior to that? Like, how many games do you have right now in your home? I've got a few, but they're mainly um, older machines. So, uh, well, uh, your DMDs from '93 through to about well, through to the peak to 2000, which was, uh, what, 99. So uh, mainly Bally Williams. So, uh, well, I've got a Data East Jurassic Park, Twilight Zone, Dracula, Indiana Jones, Theatre of Magic, Sked Stiff, Circus Voltaire, um, Revenge from Mars. I've also got the Star Wars Playfield, which doesn't see the light of day much. It tends to be mainly Revenge from Mars. And, um, and of course, the P3. Okay. So... Those are some phenomenal pins, right? So did you acquire those pins how many, like how many years ago? Did you pay this sort of increased price for those pins when they blew up like in the last like few years or did you collect from early on? Oh, I, I, I collected early, um, earlier, I should say. Probably, I started probably about maybe 20 years ago. Okay. Um, when when it was like when there were ago, when there were like yeah, good prices were to be had. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like uh, my Jurassic Park was the first one, and um, you know, look, I, I don't think that's really changed too much in price if if you look over over that year those years, but like the Twilight Zones increased horrendously. Uh, the Circus Voltaire, of course, has gone right up. Scared stiff and that as well. Um, right. So. Yeah, they've definitely. I mean, they've like tripled. Some have tripled, quadrupled in price. Right. So that that was the argument I was able to use with uh, my wife as well. I was like, I use the pinball as an investment argument. Um, you know, oh, this P three, you know, it's unique. It'll be an investment. So. <laughs> and, and she she cool. believed that. Yeah, no, she's pretty good actually. She um, <laughs> she's pretty supportive of the pinball craze. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Now, Michael, you guys in Australia, and I have friends in Australia, Marty, Ryan C., you guys pay more than anybody else for pins because there's an increase in price, right? So, like, how much does a P3 cost you? Um, so, I think, well, when I bought it, this the, the US dollar wasn't so bad. So it, it wasn't actually too bad at the time. It was still more expensive than um, than many pins, that than you know, sort of a Stern Pro or something. Um, but I don't know. Pinball machines here cost us in Australian dollars. You know, a new pin ends up costing us about you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I think a new a new was would be about thirteen or fourteen k for us wow. in Australian dollars. And, and so, yeah, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. Um, right. Even even just a, a like a I don't know, a Sega Frankenstein or something is going to be maybe four K or something as well. Right. Like, so I'll, you, I'll get people ringing me up telling me I've got no idea prices now, but I don't buy them often. So. <laughs> right, right. So you're you're on the list for a P3. You're waiting years. When did you finally get the word that your machine was coming to Australia? Uh, so I think it was in round about October when it was when it was ready I think or just a bit before and uh, I uh, I brought it over by boat so it took another maybe six seven weeks to arrive um, 
that was pretty nerve-wracking because I wasn't sure how it would go, but uh, it came through unscathed, so all good. Okay, so walk me through. So you've you've paid for this pin five years in advance, right? You've never played P3 Multimorphic. It arrives, you unbox it. Walk me through your initial impressions when you, you finally turned the machine on. Was was the game perfect? Were there issues? Like, what was it like? Uh, well, I'll tell you the first thing I realized when I, when I uh, tried to get it out was how heavy it is. It's heaps heavier than... Um, than most of my machines so um I, I don't know i was pretty risky i i brought in i we got the legs on i got my dad over to give me a hand lifting the back up um i had a just a quick check through just to make sure everything looked okay um and i thought oh well i'll, I'll flick it on and and try it and uh out of my breath everything booted up perfectly and started up Lexi straight away and just started playing it. So I, I to be honest, I, I haven't had the time to go through and like dial it in or tweak any settings, but it plays pretty good. So I haven't really done anything to it. Just right. played it. And so talk, talk to us because I mean, like I, I feel like there's only like maybe 25 of these out in the wild. And so what were your impressions of Lexi Lightspeed? I mean, you've got some stellar games in your collection. How does Lexi Lightspeed compare to some of those games you mentioned to us? Uh, it's good. It actually shoots really well. Um, I'd only been watching video, so so I had a good idea of what the game was like because I've you know I've had years to watch YouTube videos and and talk to people on forums and everything. Um, and watch sort of TPF reviews and things like that. But uh, it shoots really well, and the flippers are pretty good. I, I sort of expected – people kept saying, you know, the flippers are different. They're going to feel different. I'm not a pro player, but, uh, you know, I got on started started up and started playing. You're able to shit, hit the shots pretty easily. There's, one, there's a little sort of 180-degree ramp thing on the right-hand side, which I, I find difficult to hit. Haven't quite mastered that one yet, um, but it, it shoots really well. It flows really smoothly, um, and, and you know, with all the talk of that sort of, uh, you've got a play field at the bottom, so you don't have much of the way mechanics. With the top top third or so, which is the actual play field, um, I think there's. Hold on, I'll just go have a look. There's one, two, three, four. There's six shots that you can get, plus about seven targets, just on that immediate field. Pop bumpers up the back, you know, UFO for multi-ball lock and everything, and a little LCD screen as well. Like, there's actually a, a whole lot of stuff put in there. Um, and uh, if I look at it compared to some of my other machines, I've got I've got what I think are really nice machines, and they do have a lot of toys and a lot of things on there. But if you look at the main sort of play field, take Theatre of Magic or Scared Stiff or something. Um, Predominantly, most of the actual um, things that you shoot for are up that top part of the screen. There's not really that much on the bottom when you look at it. So, um, and uh, if you throw in the sort of, uh, there's these dynamic scoops and walls on the three P3 that pop up. They can create a complete barrier or individual scoops that you can shoot out. Um, there's probably, there's in a in a way, there's more to shoot at um, than on a lot of pins, even if you exclude the uh, interactive components on the play field itself right okay so like the game holds up to the the bally williams classics classics that you have in your collection 
Yeah, it's well, you know, it's new. I guess that's part of it, but uh, it's it's the one getting the most play at the moment. That's for sure. So you so you've had it for a while now, right, Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had it for a few months now. Yeah. And in in terms of like the actual game of Lexi Lightspeed, are you finding it to be like you know one more game kind of game? Is it is does it have good depth, good code? Like what? How is it? Because it's such a unique experience, right? I mean, the majority of the playfield is a screen. Is, does it feel like it it keeps pulling you back for more? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I haven't really dialed it in or anything yet. But um, I'm at the stage where I can get pretty long ball times, so I'll I'll, I'll come down. I'll switch it on. I'll have uh, I'll have a game of Lexi, and I can last on there for quite a while. I'm limited in the amount of time I can play on pinballs anyway. I've got three kids and everything else. Um, but I'll tend to uh, maybe play a game of Lexi and then sort of switch back to the menu and play a quick game of Rocks, which is like a um, an asteroids type game. But the pinball rolls over these uh, these asteroids and they blow up instead of having a ship. Right. And um, you know that that game I'll probably you know it's short. It'll play five ten minutes max if you're good at it. Um, so you've got that additional additional novel to be able to switch back and forwards anyway so it keeps it um keeps it fun and entertaining anyway right so when you got the game talk to us michael about how many games did it come packaged with so you got rocks you got lexi what else is included in the in the purchase uh yes okay with lexi uh so lexi is obviously the main game um there's a mini game um which is called Secret Agent Showdown, um, which is basically uses the Lexi Playfield, and it's it's really like a, a multi-ball mini game. So you have to lock as many balls as you can in your phone, then you get this multi-ball mode that you can go through. Um, there's one called Barnyard, which, to be honest, doesn't get much play. My um, my youngest son, who's six, played it for a little bit, but it's probably geared more for younger kids than that. It's basically some barnyard animals walk across the screen, you shoot them with the ball, they flip and it's timed. So uh, you can lose as many balls as you like and um, just keep playing. So good for little kids because they're not going to complain when they lose lose the game. Like they don't actually lose, they just get a score. Right. Um, and, uh, and Rocks, which is the Asteroids minigame, which is actually... Like it was a mini game, and the original one looked pretty rough when I saw it on the on the early videos. It's actually a really good game, um, really fun to play, and it's it's quick. Um, and uh, and then uh, Cannon Lagoon, which is the other module, um, and again that one uh, Lexi gets most of the play, but the kids prefer the Cannon Lagoon. So when the kids want to play, Cannon Lagoon goes in there. Um, that has an additional screen, which is at the back of the play field and uh, you have these boats that come past and you you shoot shots to basically um, hit these boats, a certain number of ships in a certain time limit. Uh, and when you get through um, all the stages, uh, you then have to fight this octopus kraken type creature, um, which I haven't managed to kill yet. Right. Michael, one thing I noticed when I played P3 was that it actually, and it, it, the the last game you were talking about, the the barnyard game, it it's very accessible to young kids, right? And do you find that P three is actually a great introduction to pinball for your children? 
Oh yeah, the the kids. Like uh, you find this right, you, kids bring their friends over, and uh, and you go, all right, kids, I'll let you go down the back and play on the pinballs, and they sort of have a bit of a go, but they're not really. I don't know. Half of them aren't really that impressed. They're playing their Xboxes and Playstations and you know virtual reality. Um, so it's quite a lot to compete with. Um, and they tended to. I'd find that they tend to gravitate to something more like Revenge from Mars because at least it's got some uh, fairly outdated graphics on the back of the screen, but it's got some graphics there. Um, the P3 is a bit different. I think because of that interactivity on the playfield screen. Um, and there's actual 3D rendered graphics and stuff. I think it's something they're, they're uh, more used to and can uh, and understand more when they see it. Do, do they comment to you that the other games you have, because you have some of like the best of the 90s in your house, do they look dated to kids these days compared to P3? Um, look, there's, that's a hard one. So... I guess they they do in a way. I, I, I think pinballs, they don't age as much as other things like other uh, video games and stuff because you don't have that graphical aspect except for maybe the DMD. But, um, yeah, look, some kids enjoy them and they'll play them for a bit, but I, they don't tend to play them for a long amount of time, maybe sort of 15, 20 minutes, and then they're more interested in playing on the Nintendo or, or, or Xbox right. or something. Uh but the P3, yeah, you know, and my kids don't play the pinballs much at all. Um, you know, it, it's just furniture in the back room to them. They they might come and play one game every now and then, uh, but they're not really fussed. But the P3s had a bit of a, they've been quite keen on that, right. and uh, all, all three ages. So I've got a six-year-old, a eleven-year-old, uh, and a thirteen-year-old, and um, you know, they they definitely prefer the. The, uh, the fact that it has like the interactive play field and the, the graphics on the screen and the fact that when modes changes, the graphics change to different right. scenes as well. So, um, But the Cannon Lagoon's the one that they tend to play the most, uh, the younger two. So you have kids that are sort of in that age group that I would consider to be the next generation of gamers, right? They're growing up, they've got Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, VR is on the horizon. Do you think pinball can survive? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I think it, it, it does need to adapt. Um, In what way? Well, you go if, if you walk past an arcade now, you'll see one pinball machine and, and 20 sort of arcade machines. Um, so... I don't know. I think um, I, I don't know what it needs yet. I, I think that's part of actually why the P3 is more entertaining for them because there's, it's not just uh, playing a pinball game. You've got options. The Cannon Lagoon sort of works more like a, a redemption style, like those uh, ticket games that they play down at the arcades. So you, you've got to come up with sort of newer ideas uh, that's going to attract the younger audience. Right. What about, it's a hard what, one. What about because I, I saw at, at some of the shows that, that Jerry was able to hook up P3s to each other and there was more like sort of competitive connected gaming. Do 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 you do you want your multimorphic machine to be able to play online against other machines that are out there in the world? Yeah, why not? Um, I think it's a great idea. 
uh, you'll, there'll need to be more P3s out in the world and that people will have to have the software and everything else. But um, that that's where most of the games are heading nowadays. Most of the games are right. uh, online multiplayer. So that's that's what you're competing with. Right. So, Michael, let me let me let me let me um, suggest a scenario. I, 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 I give you we go back in time five years and I give you thirteen thousand dollars. Would you would you have bought a P3 knowing all the pinball machines that have come out since then? Or would you have purchased something else with that kind of money? Um, I probably I probably would still get the P3. Um, but the reason, you know, there's some good games coming out. Uh, Houdini looks really good. Uh, I'll... You know, I'm reading the forums on the Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and, you know, I'm seeing the odd hints that they're going. I think that'll be quite a good machine. Could be quite a good machine. Um, but, uh, you know, apart from the highway pinball, um, th- there's no other ones that are really modular like that. And the, the ability, uh, like I said, I've got limited storage space and now I don't have much room. And I don't really want to sell any of the machines I've got. I like the machines I've got. They're, they're good machines. So, um, I, you know, I've, I've run out of space. I couldn't put another one in if I tried. Right. Uh, so I think if... But, how if, much faith, uh, but, but, Michael, how much faith do you have in the modularity of P3? Like, do you, have you talked to Jerry? Like, are you expecting there to be a, a cadence of new games that will come out for this platform over the next few years? I hope so. Uh, so it's hope. It's, know, I really think there is. Well, that, that's I an mean, expensive thing to hope for. To no? say, well, I've got Cosmic Cart coming through at some point, so that um, that's the next one they're working on. That was included in the package I bought as well. Right. Um, so when that finishes, I know I'm, I'm getting that one through there. There's there's other games that are coming out already that are using existing play fields uh, that people are already building, and the, I mean the P3 hasn't been out for very long at all um and there's already a, a few extra ones that have come through so um and in comparison really cheap compared to what it had cost me for a, a a whole new game so um there's lots and lots of benefits when, when, from being when able you talk to about that what 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 did jerry tell you the price would be for the the modular game setup. So, like, if you were to buy a new game, right, how much would that cost, knowing that you've already bought the platform? Uh, I think it depends. Um, but the – and, look, I'll be honest with you. I haven't spoken to Jerry about prices or anything. I'm really just a customer. Um, but the, on the P3 website, they've got a few advertised. And I think if you've got an existing existing module um, – that would get reused for a certain game. I mean, the games are sort of like, uh, you know, maybe maybe five hundred dollars or something, um, or for a, a small mini game type like Rocks or something like I think one hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. They're they're not very expensive at all when you consider the price of a pinball machine, a, a playfield module one, um, uh, you know, sort of a couple of grand or something. But uh, you know. Right heaps less than what you're going to spend right. on a whole new machine right. and to actually change it over is really straightforward i'm a fairly short and small guy so um the revenge from mars is isn't the most easiest thing to change over um p3 is 
pretty straightforward. You can change over in a couple of minutes. So let me ask you a question. So you have one. How much time would like when would you expect a new game to arrive? Like a new game where you actually change the you know the upper playfield modular mechanical part of the playfield. How much time are you or patience do you have before a new game arrives that actually does that for the platform? Are you willing to wait uh, a year, two years? Like it, because that's the promise of P three. Well, me personally, I'm happy to wait a year or, or or more, depending. I guess it depends on the game that's coming out, how excited right. I am by it. Um, I've got plenty of to get me busy at the moment, so um, you know, being able to switch between the games keeps it a lot more, keeps it a lot fresher. So um, I, I, you know, I can afford to wait. Um, okay. For a game to come through, but uh, from the general public, I, I guess nowadays, you know, Stern's releasing games thick and fast. So, um, right. I, I don't. All I don't right, so buy you, you, games you, that often. So I'm not you'll sure. Wait. I'm, I'm you, you're patient. patient. I can wait. You're patient. You've got good games in your collection. You you like the P3. Let me ask you a question, Michael. You're sitting at a table with Jerry, and he says, Michael. What theme should be next for P3? What do you tell them? I'd like to see a license theme. In fact, some of the themes that have come out recently I think would be great on the P3. Um, Star Wars. I reckon Star Wars would have been fantastic on the P3 because right. you could have – you've got that whole play field there. So, you know, um, playing a Death Star run or something, having TIE fighters flying past, hitting them with the pinballs and watching them explode, I reckon that would be brilliant. Uh, Walking Dead, having zombies sort of come out from from little sewer grates. Right, or but, something. but Michael, you're naming you're naming themes that have already been done. So so like let's 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 imagine this meeting happens tomorrow, right? You're sitting across from Jerry, and he says, Michael, tell me the theme that you think will get people the most excited about P3 that hasn't been done yet, right? Because I get that all those older themes would translate well, but what would be the theme that you would tell him is this is the thing that's going to make people fall in love with this platform? Mm, good question. I don't know. Look, I'd, I'd like to see something like an Iron Maiden pin come out. That's a, um, but we but, know that Stern but, has Iron Maiden. Well, Jerry, uh, you're giving me I'm all made. of Stern's themes. <laughs> All right, then I'd probably be saying like a later mo- a, a latest movie tie-in would be the one to go for. Right. But you'd want to tie it. Right? You'd so are you want to tie I, it. I, Michael, are you an Iron Maiden fan? I don't mind Iron Maiden. Yeah. So you know that Stern is making Iron Maiden with Zombie Yeti artwork, Keith Elwin's designing it, and you have limited room. If they show that machine and it's gorgeous and it's a band you love, do you want one? Do you have room for one? I don't have room for one. I'd have to start looking at which machine. I'd have to look at which machine I'd want to sell, and I'd, I'd probably end up not getting it for that reason. Um, so you're it, out of space. You're, 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 to be, I'm out of space. I don't you're have out of any space. Room for, I'd have to sell something. So and, and I'd be tossing so, up so Jurassic me, Park or something. The P3 wouldn't go. Right. That's for sure. So P3 is P3 pretty secured in your collection? Like Jurassic. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And your you, Jurassic, yeah, what, what what would be the first to go? Jurassic Park. Um. Yeah, probably, probably. 
Do you ever have like? Do you feel like you'd have like seller's remorse? I feel I can feel it when I talk oh, to you. Oh, like, I would for sure. Like, you don't want to um, sell anything. No, I know. I I love my machines. They're all really good machines, but it, it would probably have. Yeah, it would probably be Jurassic Park. I'd say. Um, although if I did, uh, I'd probably get some complaints. Right. But so uh, you, yeah, I, I'd say maybe Jurassic Park. So you don't. When you were naming your machines, you don't really. Do you have any modern Sterns in your collection? I I might have missed what you what no, you said. No, I don't. I I, I play them um, now and then at arcades and stuff when I get a chance. Um, I actually I really wanted. I really like the look of Ghostbusters when it came out. Um, but when I played it, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, whereas right. Aerosmith, I wasn't too keen on it at all. Um, and I played that, and it was actually quite nice to play so um right yeah the sterns right lord of the rings i like the older some of the oldest older sterns i guess lord of the rings is a good one but I, a... I probably wouldn't buy them right. unless you know, unless i had more room okay so you're 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 a man who who needs to make every new pinball purchase count and you're at a room yes. um so during the period where you were deposited on p3 you saw the advent of highway pinball and alien were you ever considering maybe getting an alien or a big lebowski when those companies announced those machines not so much big lebowski uh highway i'd seen full throttle but i wasn't that keen on the theme um alien i like the look of that but i guess the difference with uh I guess the highway ones is they're similar to to uh, your Revenge from Mars, your Pinball 2000. You've got to pull the whole play field out, um, and uh, it's easier than doing one on a standard machine, but it's still fairly heavy. It still takes up a fair bit of space, um, and you know that that I want to be able to switch a game over pretty quickly. I don't really want to sp spend you know 10 minutes even struggling and sweating getting carrying a play field out to the back room. Um, right. Whereas with the P3, it, the Cannon Lagoon at the moment is sitting in a box uh, underneath the P3. When the Cosmic Kart Racing comes, I will put the next box underneath the P3 next to it. So I'll get a couple of boxes under there. And the way I see it, I've got another, you know, eight machines or so, which are the same size as my P3. That means I could put another play, couple of play fields under each one. Okay. So, so storage is pretty good. Okay, so for you, it's like you, the appeal of being able to switch out the games in P3 is nice because it's a smaller section of the playfield that goes underneath. Um, none of the new Sterns have spoken to you. Ghostbusters was a consideration. I, I like. I think Ghostbusters is a beautiful machine, but it's terrible in terms of gameplay. The game's brutal. It's a drain monster. Yeah. Um, are you are you on pin side, Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and, and so is. Are, are you a tournament player? Are you a collector? How do you consider yourself within the pinball hobby? Oh, I'm definitely not a tournament player. Uh, I guess I'm just a pinball owner, really. I wouldn't say I'm a collector. I, I don't think I've got enough. I don't exactly... Yeah, I mean, you have, like, at least, like, six or eight pins, right? Yeah, yeah. You're a collector, yeah, you my friend. A You're a collector. <laughs> you have at least, like, $50,000 worth of pinball machines. Yeah, don't say that too loud. My wife That's a collection. I know your wife is like, what? <laughs> so I, I heard that Ryan Ryan from Head to Head Pinball was coming by. Has he come by yet to, to 
play P3? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Um, I think we're trying to hook up at the beginning of February. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. Okay. Let me ask you a question about Australia's most famous or infamous pinball manufacturer, Homepin. Like, what are your thoughts on Homepin? Being that Mike is making a game, he's an Aussie, and he's a sort of brazen figure. Are you gonna? Are, does Thunderbird speak to you at all, or no? Uh, no, Thunderbirds. It, look, I, I'm not that fussed on the theme. So again, that's the first one. I, I I keep tabs and sort of watch the videos to see how it goes, but it's not. It's um, not one that I've I've really considered. Okay. The, the the theme's a bit too. It's just not a theme that I'm that interested in. Okay. If it was Team America, that might be a bit more interesting. Right. All right. Well, Michael, I want to I want to do. I'm, I'm trying like new segments my, on my show. I want to ask a few like random questions that I want my listeners to answer. So, are you ready to play like random questions by Canada, where you're just going to give me your gut reaction? Oh, all right. I guess so. <laughs> are you ready? Who's a bigger asshole, Andrew Highway or Kevin Kulik? Ah, uh, probably Kevin. I'd say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that Deep Root will successfully make Magic Girl? Uh, look, they might make something. I don't know what it'll be like, though. Is that a I think yet, they'll make yet? something. I'll say yes. You So you I think, think Deep Root will, will actually make Magic Girl? I think they'll make something called Magic Girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. They'll release something. <laughs> what is the most amount of money you would ever spend on a pinball machine? Uh, probably yeah, maybe twelve, twelve thousand Australian, thirteen thousand Australian, I guess. What is that US? Uh, I, What's thirteen thousand Australian US? Uh, I think it's about about nine? nine, nine or ten US, I guess. Okay. So that's pretty aligned with what the LE machine cost is. So if Jersey Jack wanted to sell you a collector's edition at Pirates at 12500 US, that would be like, what, like 16000 17000 Australian? Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe fifteen or so, yeah. Insane. What it's is a the... lot of money. It's not <laughs> – it's, it's hard in Australia to, right. to afford the pimples, that's for sure. What is the one pinball theme that is not out yet that you would just love to have? No, I don't know. You asked me that because it would be the one that I'd get on the P3 if I could think of something. I'll have to have a think. I'll get back to that on that one. Okay. I'll send you an email. (laughs) Okay. Between G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, and Goonies, which machine would you rather have? Well, Transformers has already had one. I reckon Goonies would be pretty good, actually. I agree. It'd be great. All right, so Stern has coming out next year the following titles. Iron Maiden, Deadpool, Munsters, and The Beatles. Which one excites you the most? Uh, Iron Maiden, I'd say. Oh, all right. You know what's coming out next? They're going to announce that in a couple months and show it. Yeah, but look, I I don't know. I'm I'm not. I haven't been that excited by the last few races. I, I was excited by Star Wars. 
Um, but when it came out, I, my excitement dipped a bit. So, so talk to me uh, about Star I Wars know. because I, I, I've been down and out on Star Wars. I, I think it's a beautiful th- – it's the most amazing theme of all time, and I think the game is very uninspiring. What are your thoughts on Star Wars? Yeah, uh, look, I haven't played it. I've only seen the videos, but I, I followed it um, right up until – they, you know, started releasing videos of the gameplay and everything, and I just think they could have done a lot more, a lot more with the toys. Um, you know, it's got the LCD screen, it's got some nice stuff on there, but um, so it looks new. But I just, uh, yeah, I think they could have done a lot more with it. Right. No, I, and look, I, I agree. If you had something sort of, if you had something like uh, Ghostbusters, more like a Ghostbusters style, and you see all the things that that has on it. Um, and they had something like that with the Star Wars, and it played better. I reckon it'd be pretty good. Now, which which John? You said you have a, a Circus Voltaire. Is that the only John Papaduke machine you have right now? Uh, I've got a Theater Magic as well. So oh, oh, actually, I've got the Star Wars Episode One as well, but I don't. Oh, okay. Play it. So I don't really play it. <laughs> when when Planetary Pinball said they're going to remake, which they did, Theater of Magic. Are you a little worried they're going to remake the title that you have? Or do you want the new one? Or are you, are you comfortable just keeping the old one? Oh, I'm comfortable with what I've got. I, I mean, the MMR looked nice. It, it'd be nice to have one that's effectively brand new. But um, but mine's in pretty good condition. I'm, I'm happy with what I've got. I, d- I don't think I'd go out and buy exactly the same machine, remastered machine. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm not worried about prices or anything because I don't intend to sell it. Right. So, so Michael, are you like where you live in Australia? Do you have access to new games when they come out, or are you pretty much just watching videos on YouTube to see like what what these games are about? Uh, th- there's a couple of there's a couple of barcades in the city. If I um, every now and then I get to have a look, and they'll they'll have uh, they'll get some newer titles in. But it's pretty hard here. There's not much around, so uh, it's. I'm more limited to watching videos on YouTube to see what the games play like. Gotcha. All right, so I put you on a, a deserted island, and I give you one pinball machine that you get to play for the rest of your life. What machine do you bring with you? Trick question. Can I ask a question? Can I bring additional play fields? If it was a P3, <laughs> can I bring my additional play fields? Well, I look, I'd be shocked if you said that P3 is the thing you're going to bring. But, yeah, sure, like... Is that the one you're choosing? It, it is because I'd have a choice of multiple games. I, that's, that's Which games? Like, wait, have, okay, hold on a second. Let me, let, me, let me drill it down on this. So you, if you brought your P3, you'd have Lexi Lightspeed, and then the next game would be what? Like, Cosmic like, Kart like, Racing. But you've never played it. Yeah, but I'm getting it. But I'm putting you, you right. I'm putting you on an island where you have this is it this is it like you're not getting any more games and you're telling me that the ability to swap out for a game you've never played before would put that ahead of like adam's family indiana jones monster bash lord of the ring like medieval madness really yeah yeah and the reason i say that is you can have your grail pin if you've only got the one pin and that's all i'm going to play over and over again, it's no longer going to be a grail. You're going to get bored of it eventually. 
I, I don't right. know so let me, many let people me, that would have one machine and, and get Let me that change the, the question. Time. You don't get to you, you're on this island and you don't get to swap play fields. So it's Lexi Lightspeed versus the rest of the games in the world. What do you, what do you what's your favorite game that just has you saying one more game? I don't have one. God, it's hard. I I don't know. I don't know. I honestly can't answer it because you know what most, my game is. You know what my game is. Play. What? The Jetsons, greatest game ever made. Is it really? No, but of I, course it's not. I'm fucking with you, Michael. It's like the worst game ever. It would never be is the it Jetsons. That bad? Is it that bad? Uh, no. The Jetsons, of course, it's that bad. Um, like, I, it, look, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. I mean, look, none of us will ever end up on an island with just one game, and 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 you know, I, I think oh. a lot of us out there would be hard pressed to 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 have to think about such a terrible scenario. Um, look, I've said this before. I think P three as as a platform. Need it needs a game, and I've been telling Jerry this. It needs a licensed theme game that brings that platform to life. And I, I mean, I would love to see a game like Tron on there, where like you got this big LCD playfield, right? It needs something that like just oh, it got like colors and lights, and it's a theme that people love. I hope it's coming. Did, did Jerry, does he tell you that he's working on any licensed properties or what, what do you know about the platform? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see a licensed team come through there um, because you, you don't see much on, you know, you read P-Side and you don't see much about the P3. There hasn't been any um, controversy around it, so that limits the amount of uh, airplay it gets on Pinside. And, um, you know, someone will ask a question and, there'll be a response pretty quick and there's, there's, there's no sort of drama around it. So you don't see here much. I think to get, to get a uh, really good licensed theme title would be brilliant for the platform. I think that it really, well, give it, it, need, it, it needs it, you know, and I, I tell Jerry all the time, like he's, he's spent almost like a decade working on this platform. And, you know, the first, um, the the first batch of P3s was like 25 units. 25. Like Stern makes 50 games a day. A day. <laughs> you know, so it's like oh, yeah. Yeah, it's he needs he needs a theme that gets the platform out there and and I hope he gets there. You know, the thing that I love the most when I when I go to the shows is when he has those two P3s hooked up next to each other and you compete against each machine. I think connectivity and online play is a huge, I mean, think about it. How long have we been playing video games online now for like 25 years and pinball can't figure that out yet? Yeah. And, and a pinball machine's like $9,000. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and I guess that's been done now with, um, with the P3. It's there. Right. Do you think, okay, if, when when you when you buy a pin, so so you Michael, like, are you done? Like, you're out of room right now. I'm out of room. Yeah, it, it you know, like I said, it would have to be something absolutely amazing, and I'd have to work out what I was going to sell. Okay, so Iron Maiden, even though you love it, may or may not think about that. Yeah, well, again, it'd be different now too. I'd I'd want to play a lot of it 
before uh, before I made any commitment. Now, do you, you so you're on Pinside and you follow the way people purchase pinball machines, but you yourself have have also bought a machine before ever playing it. Do you think the whole pre-order model's dead in pinball, where people pay for a game before ever playing it? Like, would you do that again, knowing what you know now? Oh, I don't know if I would now. I don't know if I would now. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, it would depend on the... Th I wouldn't buy it before it was out and being played and being reviewed and there was videos out there and that. Like I said, it's a bit hard for us to actually play sometimes, play some of these games before you buy because there's not... You know, they're not readily accessible. Um, right. But you'd want to do your research and make... Sh and, you know, watch the videos of the gameplay, listen to what people are saying, find out what problems it's having, you know... I wouldn't go buy one straight away. I'd I'd, I'd be um, right. I'd be making sure, or I'd be asking people that had one, you know, about it first. Um, it just even just reliability nowadays seems to be uh, questionable. Sometimes people buy their machines, and next minute they've got problems. Um, right. So, have you had you know, any problems? Have you had any issues with P three? Nah, nah, nothing. All right, it's good. Been, uh, it, it's been. That's one thing I've got to say. Mechanically, the way this thing's built, it's uh, it's amazing. It's like a tank. You can pull the thing apart. I've had a play. I've, I've pulled the play field. I've swapped play fields. I've um, yeah, pulled out the flipper mechanisms and pulled out the play field sheeting and pulled out the screen um, just to have a bit of a play around. It's uh, You don't even need a screwdriver for it all. It's all plug and play. It's, it's, it's uh, crazy how they've managed to do it all. So you you don't need to bring out the soldering iron to ever do anything. It's it's all just click click. Well, you don't even have to you don't even have to empty the balls. <laughs> like if you want to sw swap a playfield, you don't even have to empty the balls. If you all want right. to pull the screen out, you don't have to. Like it's it's very very cleverly designed. I've got to say it's it's pretty impressive. Talk to me about Lexi Lightspeed. Like what have you beat the game yet? No, not at all. Not what's the, what's um, the goal of the game? What's the goal of the game? Walk me through it like a layman. Yeah, so um, basically you're this character, Lexi Lightspeed. You've, you've crash-landed down in the what, Florida swamps or something and um, and you've got to get all your parts to your spaceship and, and leave again. And meanwhile, you've got these agents, secret government agents chasing after you. So everything's um, based around trying to find these parts, trying to get, you know, the, the gas for your, for your ship. Um, that's why the, the sh you've got the multiple lock sort of, the, which is the ship on its side where it's crashed. Um, and there's a, a whole bunch of, of, like, totally different modes. They, they range from um, shooting certain targets to hitting interactive um, items on the actual screen itself. So... Um, I'm not sure how many actual distinct modes there are. There's quite a few different multi-balls that I've hit. Um, there's a like a lights-out multi-ball that you sort of find once you've you've hit a whole bunch of targets that are on the play field. And you sort of blow up these little spotlights, and once you do that, it goes into a lights-out multi-ball. All the lights go out, um, and you've got these like searchlights focusing around on the screen. Right. And um, once you've sort of shot out these spotlights, it goes into like a a secondary multi-ball where you're effectively getting chased. The machine sort of goes red and blue, flashing red and blue police lights everywhere. It's it's a really good, um, really good show actually. 
they've done a really good job with the lighting on the thing, um, considering there's, you know, an LCD LCD screen taking up a lot of right. the play. And it's a, just just to um, let the listeners know, it's Dennis Norman designed this game, right? Yes. Yeah, he did. Okay. So, good light show, fun game, lots of interesting light shows, and it's got some depth to it, and it sounds like you're enjoying it. I mean, look, I've I've been wanting to talk to a P3 owner for a while because, as you said, on pin side, it just feels like the multimorphic P3 thread is just it's just just never really talked about, right? And because there's just not that many people who are actually experiencing and owning this machine. And, you know, I I know batch one was only 25 units went out to the world, and it sounds like you got one of them, Michael. Um, are you traveling at all to any of the shows coming up in the U.S. this year, or do you sort of just stay in, in Australia for pinball? Yeah, no, I'm, pre- I'm pretty much uh, stuck in Australia, unfortunately. That's I'd like not, to go to one of those shows at some There's point. worse places to be on this planet <laughs> than Australia. Well, Michael, I really appreciate you taking the time and talking to us about P3, about your passion for the hobby. Um, it's 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 been a good conversation. I think you know, I think we've talked a lot about P3, and I've just I just really want to talk to someone who has it. So you have no regrets buying this machine. This is something that is very you know it, it it's holding up against some of the greatest Bally Williams games of all time in your collection. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm really enjoying it. I just wish there was a, um, you know, I hope they organise like a distributor or someone in Australia so they can actually, um, you know, sell the thing a bit better because it's difficult to organise, um, you know, organise buying direct from somewhere and get the shipping and everything when, you know, most people like to just ring up a distributor and go bring it to my door, it's done, um, and go and play it. Right. Well... But yeah, that is, no, that no is, regrets. It's a, it's a really no, that is true. Show. I mean, look, it's it's it, as you found out, like it's not cheap or easy to coordinate and facilitate m- moving a three to four hundred pound pinball machine around the world. Um, so it's going to be interesting because I think this year, uh, you know, P three multimorphic, they they need they need to get the volume up. They it's it's a platform that requires a user base to get to those licensed themes because I just don't think Jerry can can secure a licensed theme if there's only like 20 or 50 of them out in the world. He needs to get that number exponentially higher. Um, but it's but it's now shipping. So this is the time. I, I, hope, I hope we see more advancement and progress in terms of new titles for your platform, Michael, in 2018. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, Michael, I want to I want to thank you for being a guest of the show. Um, this has been a good conversation, and I know my listeners will appreciate hearing from someone over in Australia. One of you're one of the very few in the world who actually has a P3. So, thank you for joining us. Uh, no worries. Thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Michael from Australia, you know, and and I do want to thank him for joining the show and and putting up with the time differences to talk to us about P3. And look, it's a very crowded pinball place right now, right? The the marketplace has got so many options. And P3 is one of these games where I think everybody, everybody is waiting for the 
for a new game to make that platform sing. And until they get there, I, I, I can't imagine that people are going to be clamoring to get Lexi Lightspeed in 2018. And I've told this to Jerry. I mean, I, it's nothing personal. It, it's, it's now a marketing issue. They need a title that allows them to remarket this game because it's been around the block for years. They need a title, and they also need to think about internet connectivity because I think that's the other missing piece of the puzzle. It was so much fun when they connected two games together and you're battling against each other with like that blocks game. So much fun. But you can't buy a game, go home and do that. And they need a differentiator like that and they need a new theme to, to make the platform sing to make it work. But look, it's an option. It's great that we have all these options in pinball in 2018. Uh, and we'll see what the future holds for P3. It's, it's not going to get any easier. It's just going to get tougher to find buyers with what's coming out. But I'm glad that Jerry took a leap and made something new happen in the world of pinball. And it's up to you if you want to buy. So everybody, have a happy Monday. We'll talk to you soon. And thank you once again, all of you, for making Canada's Pinball Podcast the Twippy Award-winning podcast. I really appreciate it. Have a great day.